Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Life Chat. I am your host, Chad Waller. And joining me today, I have Senior Life Sales Representative Dana Boner. Hi, Chad. Thank you for having me here today. My pleasure, Dana. And also, we have a special guest, Marketing Analyst Laura Timmons. Thanks, Chad. Happy to be here. All right. Well, ladies, as you know, here at EMC National Life, we want to make life easy. Easy for ourselves, easy for our agents, easy for people applying for life insurance. One of the ways we are doing that this year is our Simplify Life campaign. As a part of that campaign, um, our podcasts are addressing some frequently asked questions that people have about life insurance. So today, our question is, is life insurance expensive? I'm just going to throw this right out there. Laura, is life insurance expensive? Not as expensive as you'd think, Chad. Right. It's not. And I know Dana has some information on that. So Dana, why don't you chime in? Well, you know, the common objection that you do hear from clients is it is too expensive because, you know, I was doing some training with an agent, a younger agent, and he was like, oh, you know, for me to get a million dollars, it's probably going to cost me two, three thousand dollars a year. And he was it was it was not I ran the quote and it was eight hundred dollars a year and he was just amazed and you know so if you look at the studies from Limra 44 percent of Millennials estimated it's five times the actual cost and that's you know Laura have you um, have you looked at life insurance on yourself what would you think it would cost you gosh I bought policies early on in my career. So I think I was 22 or 23, but I know I need more. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, because I got married last year and my husband and I know we probably need to get more, update some things, but I honestly haven't looked into it yet. Ooh. Ooh. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people, you know, they don't look into it. They have no idea what it costs. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a beneficial podcast for Laura Timmons. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm a little bit afraid of the sticker shock because, like I said, the last time I bought some was probably almost 10 years ago. I think I was 22. Well, that's going to relay into our discussion down the road here as well. But as far as actual sticker shock, I think you're going to experience the opposite, or at least most Americans Mm -hmm. do. I was uh, reading a study through NerdWallet, of all places, and over half of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. No matter what their age, over half of them overestimate the cost. And most of them think the cost is three times higher than it actually is. To what Dana was saying earlier, if you're an agent out there, if you're an applicant for policy, look into it. If you're an agent, advise your clients. You know, it's much more affordable than you think it is. And the converse of that is if something bad were to happen, you really can't afford not to have life insurance. It's an extremely affordable policy to buy, to have, and to provide for other people in your family. 
So Dana, I think you had some information on that as well, don't you? I do. You know, we rely so much on dual incomes these days. It's not just, you know, the husband and the wife, they're both out there working. And, you know, 54% of people out there say losing that income, that other income, they couldn't live three to six months without that second income. So, you know, a 30, 40, $50 a month premium for their life insurance policy is going to be well worth it. When you think about your, your house payment, if you can't make that house payment without that extra income, you need to make sure at least you can stay in your house because that's your ultimate goal. You don't want your family to be without a place to live, to be homeless because you didn't have a $250,000 life policy to help pay that house off. That touches on something that um, I always stress and I bring it up practically in every episode. If you are an insurance agent, you are your client's risk manager. And one of the best ways to protect against unexpected risk is via life insurance. You know, that is the one risk that uh, every individual is going to face at some point in time. So if you're an agent, you need to be asking your clients about life insurance. And to what Laura Timmons was mentioning earlier, um, I do think, you know, sticker shock, it's, it's really not a thing if you're young. But as you alluded to, as you get older, it is something that definitely comes into play. So what I always advise as well, talk to your clients when they're young. That's when they're healthy. That's when, you know, the premiums are low. They're affordable, much more affordable than people think they are. But Laura, like you said, if you wait, those premiums start increasing. In fact, I was reading the study again through NerdWallet. And an individual who buys insurance in their mid-20s, if they wait to buy that same amount of insurance until they're in their 60s, it's going to be 8 to 10 times more expensive had they bought it earlier. Laura, look into that life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so let's say you've got your given young person. I'll count myself as that in this example for now, but... You know, maybe you just got married, maybe you just bought a house, maybe you're expecting your first child. We've convinced them effectively, hopefully at this point, that it's not as expensive as they think it might be. But how do you know then how much you should be getting? You know, you talk about covering, you know, regular costs if something were to happen to you, but how do you figure out what that number is? Dana, do you want to go on that one? Well, a lot of time it's just having the conversation openly of, you know, you can start out with how much could you afford? You know, what what could you afford right now? Um, and then kind of backing into it. Let's build a program for you. Let's build something specific to what you can afford, especially when they're talking about it because um, they think it's overpriced. And then just kind of looking at, you know, what their debts are. You know, do you how much do you owe on your home? Do you have credit card debt? Do you have auto, you know, how much do you owe on your autos? Um, and just kind of look at everything in general. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you need seven to 10 times your income is what you need for life insurance. So I think it's just coming up with a plan that is specific to that client of what they feel comfortable with. Yeah, very good point, Dana. And Laura, that's a very good question. In fact, we addressed that in a prior episode. Um, but to touch on the highlights, I, I love what Dana said. Each plan should be individual. 
because each individual has different hopes and dreams. They have different requirements. They have different budgets. And by starting with the budget, that's a great way because then you're going to know. I mean, don't waste a lot of time trying to put together the perfect plan if their budget is quite small. The perfect plan is getting something in place. So start with the budget, then talk about their needs, you know, debt, income replacement, future hopes and dreams, and then do what you can to cover those expenses. When Chad was talking earlier about risk management, part of the thing, too, that I think agents need to kind of look at this is stop looking at it as just kind of a death insurance. If you, you know, you want to look at it kind of like you do the home and auto. I mean, when you're looking at a homeowner's policy and you're thinking about an endorsement, you're thinking about, okay, you know what, if you got your house and a storm comes through and you got a basement, you know, what happens if the sewer backs up? Well, we better add an endorsement on there because that's not covered. You know, you've got line coverage. So if the, you know, if the line breaks out on your property, that's not covered under homeowners. We better add that endorsement. Well, what happens if one of you loses your income? You know, maybe we better add another endorsement, and that's life insurance because we want to make sure that that home's covered. Again, another good point, Dana. Say your life is your business venture. <laughs> Look at those possible claims that are going to happen, those events that are going to take place, and insure for those. Remember, this isn't necessarily for you. It's not for you at all. It's for your loved ones. It's for the people that will still remain and what you want their lives to be. And that's really the reason for buying life insurance. I encourage everyone, again, look into it. It's much more affordable than you think. Here's something to consider. Even if you do wait until you're older to get life insurance, and it's not as, I'm air quoting, cheap as you, in, as you thought it might be, it's still a great value for what others are going to receive. I mean, let's look at it. If you buy a $500,000 policy and it's only costing you a few hundred dollars a year, that is an excellent value for what you're purchasing. Now, there's a significant performance clause on that, being the fact that you, know, you would die for that to pay out. But everybody is going to do that at some point in time. So plan for it. Plan for the people that are going to be left behind and what you want their quality of life to be. So, Laura, I think you have a question or two. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, the benefits of buying insurance younger, uh, assessing some of your needs, what you'd want to protect if something happened to you. So let's say somebody young is getting ready to meet with an agent or get a quote. They know they need insurance. What kind of insurance do they look into? Should they start with term is it a good idea to have a mix of term and permanent insurance? How do you recommend somebody get started? That is a great question. I'm going to kick it to Dana. I highly stress that you, you know, that they look at, you know, their budget, but I do think everybody needs a small permanent policy. Reason being is because as I've always said, if you buy a 30-year term, if you don't have sticker shock in the beginning when that goes to, you know, the ART rate, which is an uh, an annual renewable term, the premium will jump, um, you know, three, three to four to five times the amount that you're paying. So if you've got what they call conversion options, then you can convert to a permanent policy, but it's going to be quite a bit more expensive. So a lot of times I think that people need to look at a small 
you know, burial type or even just a whole life policy because it's cheaper when you're younger again and it helps balance that out a little bit. And then the term to have for your temporary needs, you know, hopefully when you're older, your house is paid off. Not necessarily. Sometimes you'll buy a second one, but you may not have as much debt, as much childcare, as much, you know, things that happen when you're younger so that the permanent insurance wouldn't need to be as much as what your term. So I think offsetting, just having a balance is, is a good thing to have. What do you think, Chad? Oh, I agree. And again, I want to stress it's individual. Every person's going to be different, but what I'm a storyteller. So what I kind of like to do is tell people if they want to picture their life insurance as building a house, you know, you buy your first house when you're young. So if you get your first life insurance policy when you're young and you don't have much debt, the first thing I like to equate it to is putting in a solid foundation. And that would be just a nice, small, permanent policy. Now, as their exposure and their debts increase, you know, they may need more coverage and that's where the term can come into a play. You know, a lot of coverage at affordable rates and that's sort of like building the frame of the house and then maybe they need to expand it later on, whatnot. But they always have that small permanent base of permanent insurance there, you know, whole life, universal life, whatever it need be. And then they can expand upon that with term. So that would be my best recommendation. But again, Dana hits it right on the head when the first thing she wants to talk about is budget. Any other questions, Laura? Yeah, I guess I've got one more question. So let's say you've got a young person who's maybe just getting started in their career. Maybe they're not married. They don't have kids yet. They don't own a home quite yet, but they've got a little bit of disposable income. Are there benefits to them buying a life insurance policy early before they quote unquote need it? Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to my uh, story about a permanent foundation. They may not have much risk exposure or anything. So just buy a small permanent policy while it's very affordable. It's always going to be there. Um, the main thing that I want them to consider at that point in time is should they unexpectedly pass, there would be some funds available to cover final expense because that might be their biggest expense at that point in time. Anything different on that, Dana? Somebody is still responsible for their debt. So I still think that purchasing life insurance is something they need to. Most people have college loans, mm -hmm. have, you know, other things that somebody will be responsible for. And plus, why not lock it in now? Because who knows in the future, you could have a family and it's affordable now. Yeah, I guess we'll never be as young or probably as healthy as we are today. So you might as well lock it in, right? Exactly. Dana, do you have anything else? Nope. Just, you know, be sure to help your clients. If you need any help from any of us, that's what we're here for. Perfect. Laura, any other questions or anything else? I'll just pass along what I've learned in this podcast so far, and that's don't wait another 10 years to look into getting additional insurance <laughs> or just insurance uh, if you don't have any yet. That's right. Waiting uh, can be costly. Now, while life insurance is still very affordable, the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode for us. Uh, so is life insurance expensive in a word? No, no, it's really quite affordable for what you're getting. So if you would like, if you're listening, again, I mentioned that we, our goal this year is to simplify life. 
we have a microsite that you can go to. It's emcsimplifylife.com. Again, that's emcsimplifylife.com. And there you'll find videos, articles, social media, things that will help explain life insurance and make it easy for you. Also, if you would like, you can go to lifechat at emcnl.com and leave us a message. Ask us a question. We'd love to hear from you and see what we can do to help you make life easy. Again, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone.